Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Yeah, this is the exciting world of the power of gratitude. Now, realize that in the last few months, there has been, uh, actually the last few years, but the few months it's really come into a head of this fear-based psychosis. Um, People talking about measles coming back. Measles was never eradicated. We've done four talks on that. Um, The chronic illness and rates in this country are through the roof. Uh, The economy is crashing. There are a lot of changes happening. Uh, So today we're going to talk about how to deal with those effectively. Now think of this. We've got three stressors, physical, chemical, and emotional. All of these are going to affect us in the positive or negative. Today we're going to talk about the power of gratitude. Now gratitude, think if somebody comes at you. And they're coming at you hard with with anger, frustration. And if you meet them with anger and frustration, uh, it's like throwing gasoline on a campfire. So I'm going to show you how to change the vibrational energy, to literally diffuse the situation by realizing um, that you have a power. If you are grateful for even the challenging circumstances, uh, you're going to find out that you're going to have benefit later on. Uh, now, what, what does that mean? Well, think of this. Um, the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is knowing or understanding something about a particular subject or have an awareness of facts or truth. Wisdom is the ability to use that knowledge. And now I can do health talks for forever. I do nothing but research, and I enjoy the heck out of that. But there's there's a shift going on with what um, what the public is aware of. It's literally a fear-based psychosis. And if you want to make a herd of animals insane, you incite fear in them. And that's what the American population is doing. Uh, think of this. Now, this could be attributed to Voltaire or Evelyn Beatrice Hall. But, but listen to the statement. I disapprove of what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. Let me read that again. I disapprove of what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. What is that? And if that doesn't give you goosebumps, I mean, think of that. Respect, honor, freedom. I mean, that's such in contrast um, to the way that we work now in the media with the fear-based psychosis where you're turning neighbor against neighbor. You know, is that person unvaccinated? Is is that person um, uh, eating healthy organic instead of our standard food? You know, I mean, it's, it's literally um, neighbor against neighbor fear. You know, stay away from the Jews. They don't vaccinate. And that was, that was in an article in the New York Times just a few months ago. Uh, I will disapprove of what you say, but I will defend to you death. Uh, you're right to say it. Now, we can correlate this with what's going on today. Uh, California SB 1424. Now, this was a Senate bill uh, designed to research or to get into your entire personal thing, which means that anything that you say, and this was going to be on videos, still photographs, uh, blogs, video blogs, podcasts, instant and text messages, emails, online accounts, internet website profiles, locations. So virtually every social media platform, media, whatever, 
if you were saying anything on there contrary to the party lines, which is medication and vaccination, if you're talking about natural health stuff, uh, they can uh, literally prosecute you, take away your ability to communicate on social media. Uh, Again, let's look at gratitude, thankfulness, and appreciation. Uh, If you look at Judaism, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. Christianity, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God uh, in Christ Jesus concerning you. Islam, and remember, your Lord caused to be declared, if ye are grateful, I will add more unto you. Uh, Buddha, let us rise up and be thankful, for if we didn't learn a lot today, at least we learned a little. And if we didn't learn a little, at least we didn't get sick. If we got sick, at least we didn't die. So let us be thankful. I like that. Okay, so when we're looking at this, gratitude and grateful, even for the challenging circumstances, is going to positively affect your health. Uh, Now, (laughs) we are going to be changing the forced medical procedures without informed consent. We're going to be changing uh, the economy. It's going to be in a more fair-based economy. The world is radically changing. But with this next shift coming up in this wealth distribution, there's going to be some challenges. And if you're kind of curious about challenges, uh, look at Greece, look at Argentina, look at Brazil, look at Venezuela, uh, look at most of the African countries. South Africa is having a big shift. Um, And so all of these economies, we're talking China, everything, uh, it's changing. So the fact that there's going to be um, changes coming up at events, we can't control that. Um, Think of that. Forced medical procedures, no informed consent, news, economy, being bills. We cannot control the event, but we can control our response to it. And that's going to control the outcome. Now, has crazy things been done before? Yeah. How about 70,000 women forced to be sterilized? Now, this happened in 1927, and the Supreme Court decided by a vote of 8 to 1. So the Supreme Court ruled this, um, that it was okay for a state to forcibly sterilize a person uh, because that person wasn't fit to um, build a human. So the states have taken over health care and personal rights before just know that this is not a unique experience, and they did it through fear. You don't want your neighbor who's um, not not socially acceptable to be creating children, do you? No, forced sterilization. Then we can look at the Tuskegee Institute. Not the Tuskegee Airmen, who were brilliant pilots in World War II. This was a 40-year-old study. Uh, Initially involved 600 black men, with syphilis, and 399 didn't have syphilis, 201, uh, uh, well, actually 399 had syphilis, 201 didn't. Now, they had a therapy that could cure syphilis, but what the researchers told them, they were giving them innocuous substances, telling them that it was going to help with the disease, but it didn't help. Now, this went on for 40 years. 40 years, these um, government agencies slowly watch these uh, healthy, vibrant men decay from a disease that they knew they could treat. Um, It's mind-blowing. Now, they did an out-of-court settlement. 
um, and the court settlement expanded to take care of the families. But that's crazy. Let's look at other testing. And we could go on nuclear testing of the government with um, soldiers. We could look at the Marshall Islands fiasco where they blew up, uh, uh, tested a couple of bombs down there, and that rained radiation down on a number of the natives. We can look at, at challenge after challenge uh, or event after event of, of that caused harm to the public. So this is huge. What about this one? The introduction of the diphtheria, tetanus, and pertussis, an oral polio vaccine among young infants in urban Africa. Now, this was done back in the 80s, from June 1981. Um, for, uh, for about five months, they passed out the DPT and the oral polio vaccine. And then they just left them. They, di they didn't capture any data for the next 30 years. Uh, then they went back and they found out that those people that got the DPT had a tenfold greater rate of death, um, not from diphtheria, pertussis, or tetanus, but from a number of other different conditions. And I'm only bringing this up so that that we can look at the changes. And, and again, to have gratitude for someone forcing a medical procedure, to have gratitude for um, ignorance, of people forcing sterilization, to have gratitude with with um, people that exposed military personnel to known radiation causes just to see the effects. Uh, it sounds like Gandhi. It sounds like Mother Teresa stuff. But we're putting energy out there to solve a problem. If you have one side screaming that unvaccinated are going to spread the disease, and the other people are screaming that, uh, look, no forced medical procedure without informed consent, and you're looking at the science of both, how absolutely, if you get a measles vaccine, you're going to reduce the incidence of measles. However, if you get that measles vaccine, you're going to increase your rates of chronic illness and disease. And that's a fact. But you're not going to get anywhere yelling at anyone. Um, so start putting out gratitude for even the most heinous crimes and coming back with, with love and not fear, but information. When you look at the websites and the talking heads on TV that are constantly saying, look, you know, um, the unvaccinated are spreading disease. This is dangerous. Um, we have to conform to the state. The medical doctors are writing exemptions that they shouldn't, so we're going to take the ability of a medical doctor to write an exemption away. I mean, literally, that's how the state is going towards. So come back with them um, for gratitude because it's going to make you actually study this stuff. Otherwise, you wouldn't be really getting into health circumstances. Uh, the economy trash, you're not going to really think about being independent if your life is okay now. But all of these challenges are going to be propelling you to a new world, new education, and a new appreciation for how the world is. I mean, if you knew that polio before the 1955 epidemic, it is pre-1955, that 99.999% of the population was not harmed. And that pretty much flies in the fear-mongering of media 
saying, well, it wiped out smallpox and it wiped out polio, the vaccines. Uh, did it? Was it really a problem? Uh, and again, so you're using facts to counter this. Um, when we look at Harvard, Harvard actually says the results of their study show that clean water um, was responsible for a 74% decline in infant mortality. Um, and so just clean water. We know that the medical intervention was less than 2%, 3% of the decline in death rates for the 20th century. When we look at the Journal of the American Medical Association, they say we're leaving the age of pestilence and famine um, into an age of man-made diseases and degenerative conditions. Uh, currently, 54% of American children have a chronic illness or disease. So how did this come about? Well, I want you to look at the difference between clinical research and basic science research. Now, clinical research, what this is, it's research that involves a clinic. Think of like a clinic where people are, because these are research protocols that involve human studies. Uh, now, these are real people involved in real studies, and it's designed to test whether a drug or prevention strat strategy or screening test is safe and effective in people. Now, volunteers are supposed to be fully informed of possible risks and sign a consent form before being accepted into a clinical trial. This would be like experimental drug trial. Like, let's say, um, well, the, the study in uh, cholesterol medications. Uh, the first statin drugs, they were studied for about six years. And they, then the statin drugs were approved. However, what they're finding out now, even though they went through a clinical trial and they found out that the, it was m more effective than not taking the drug, it turns out that it's actually causing more harm. And a lot of medications do this. You know, when you're testing it on a small group of people, and you're testing it with um, a placebo or an innocuous substance, yeah, that makes sense that you're going to see some reactions when you let it loose on the public. And what they're finding out now is that uh, the cholesterol-lowering drugs are, are actually causing heart failure and causing uh, hardening of the arteries. So they're damaging the heart in the system. And I know this was a drug supposed to protect it. Well, I mean, cholesterol is vital in hormone production, vitamin D production, bile production, and cell membrane support. So uh, you break those down, you're talking increased cancer rates and a number of things. But again, we're, we have a medical system that's doing things um, that is, it's not real science research, where you have a group of scientists and they're putting forth an idea, and they're testing a hypothesis. Most research now is, is industry-based, where a company will produce a drug, and they'll want a clinical trial to show that the drug is appropriate so that they can actually get the, um, the, the companies to pay for the research, and then the companies are, or these research companies are going to give the data to uh, the, the FDA, and here's a good one, too, when you're talking to friends that don't know. Um, how many drugs does the FDA test a year? That's a good question. Just throw it out there. How many drugs does the Food and Drug Administration test each year? Uh, correct answer, none. They're not a testing agency. None. Zero. 
that's because the the testing is done by the industry so they are manipulating the data this is why in 2008 I read an article um, out of the University of San Diego that talked about active placebos and I thought well that's strange a placebo is supposed to have no effect on the body but they're saying yep active placebos they have a known effect in the body you can use it so we got clinical research um, then we got basic science research. Now, this is more of the journals. Like when you hear vaccines are safe and effective, what they're doing is epidemiologic clinical studies. They're just reviewing data. They're not doing a double-blind study. They're not doing science research. The clinical trials, they're looking at a rough overall, which might give you some trends. But you can manipulate the data to show um, pretty much whatever you want. Now, basic science is different. Uh, this is conducted to help doctors understand uh, what a cause of a disease is. So this isn't an epidemiologic study. This is actual analysis to analyze how current treatments work to develop potential new therapies. Um, well, in, implications and discoveries in basic research are sometimes unknown. Discoveries by which basic science research um, it becomes the foundation for important breakthroughs in medical treatments and diagnostic technologies. So the basic science is really looking at what is happening in the body. And that's a tough one. Uh, it's like if you look at the Journal of Toxicology. Now, this isn't a um, – uh, you're not going to see a lot of clinical st uh, studies in here. This is more of a science-based research. And what they looked at was aluminum hydroxide adjuvant particles. So injecting a vaccine in a human being. Now, you're going to never see a one vaccine injected in a clinical trial because currently there's 72 doses of 17 different vaccines. And so what this group looked at was the microdosing of the aluminum hydroxide to see if it has a less of an effect or more of an effect. And it actually turned out that the lower dose, the smaller amount, increased the toxicity. And what they go on to say is the adjuvant size injected in the suspension corresponded to the lowest dose but not the highest dose. An old rule of neurotoxicity obeys the dose makes the poison, which is a classic chemical toxicity, is overly simplistic. It's really the smaller doses get beyond the immune system. So, so obviously, um, when you're looking at the science-based research, um, I'm looking at not just the overall, what they're saying, hey, man, if you get the measles vaccine, you have lower incidence of measles. Great. You also have higher incidence of cancer and cardiovascular disease. That's not great. So then you look at what was the, um, the research that shows the higher cancer rates. What's the research? So you have to look at this. So um, looking at each aspect a person is going to make up their philosophy or, or decide based on the information that they're they're given what is what what is your theory your your idea well let's look at modern medicine they have the germ theory now they agree that the body is self-healing and self-regulating except when it's not See, when your body isn't regulating itself, like let's say you have too high of uh, blood sugar, 
or you have too high a cholesterol, the, the medical doctor is going to give you a drug to lower it. Um, so the body's always trying to attain homeostasis. And this is that adaptive physiology. And if your levels are not what's appropriate, then the doctor will give you a drug to change that. Now, there are also the germ theory, where germs are the pathogens or the cause of diseases. Uh, now, the Lancet, and I'm talking way back in 1968, they said, look, this germ theory has become dogma. It neglects many of the other factors which have a part to play in deciding whether the host germ environment complex is going to lead to infection. Absolutely. And even uh, about 30 years later, the British Medical Journal I talked about do my biomedical models of illness make for good healthcare systems? And they talk about the germ theory in here that it's completely wrong. Um, the, the germ theory, again, all illness comes from a single underlying cause. Disease or pathology is always the single underlying cause, and removal of the disease or attenuation will result in a return to health. And none of that's true. Theobald Smith, now this was brilliant, pioneer epidemiologist, bacteriologist, patho pathologist, um, brilliant guy. He lived from 1859 to 1934. He developed the, the, um, an equation for the Durham theory. And it was uh, an equation where the numerator, the virulence of pathogen times the number of pathogens times the opening size over the denominator of the resistance to host. So he was looking at all the different factors, that it's not just a pathogen. Now, granted, he was a scientist back when scientists were not paid by an industry, that they were going into the, the lab not to get a certain result, but to see how the result would turn out. So here's a quote uh, from Jacqueline Purcell. You must unlearn what you have been programmed to believe since birth. That software no longer serves you if you want to live in a world where all things are possible. How beautiful is that? That software no longer serves you if you want to live in a world where all things are possible. Now, think of this. Now, th this is a big shift. 45% of your genetic information is, it, it is, is viral in origin. That means that you have an intimate relationship with viruses. 45% of your DNA is viral information. So this, this relationship, viruses are vital to our ecosystem. Bacteria are vital for our ecosystem. And what do we see? We continually see that when we just destroy the bacteria, thinking that bacteria are pathogenic, what happens to us? We get sicker. Talk about multi-antibiotic-resistant drugs, multi-antibiotic-resistant staph. When really, when we look at even staph infections, bacterial infections, that, that way back when Coley, Dr. Coley, developed a Coley's toxin, which was literally a staph infection that you would give people with cancer, and they would fight the staph infection and cancer would go away. So this exposure to these viruses, pathogens, bacteria, fungi, actually strengthen your immune system. Um, and I love this. Andrew Holmes, from um, microbiologist from the University of Sydney. Viruses are everywhere and do not instantly equal bad. They have potential to cause very rapid biological changes through epidemic disease. That is exceedingly rare. 
Uh, vigilance is important, but panic is unwarranted. Yeah, tell that to the um, well to the media. <laughs> then we look at vaccines and autoimmune diseases. The clearest, most reliable way of determining whether an adverse event is causally related to a vaccine is by randomly comparing rates of events in vaccinated versus unvaccinated individuals. I would love that. I mean, who would shy away from a vaccinated versus unvaccinated study? But over the last several months, we have done talk after talk after talk on vaccines, and you eventually find out that it really it's not the science it's not the science that that um people are refuting or or just saying hey look we got to rethink this uh they're they, look at it this way okay it's a fear based system that has nothing uh to do with science and i know that seems odd but it's true when you look at um well, what's, what's the potential? What's the human being potential? Let's look at the Journal of Scientific Exploration. Now, uh, they call it the energy cure, but what it is, they injected a group of mice that had 100% fatality. All of them were going to die between 14 and 27 days. And what they did is they just held the mouse, held it, and they saw that the disease um, went away. They they gave it to people, then they said it was a gullibility test. They did all sorts of different um, confounding factors in here. But what they found was, finally, we may conclude that our apparent, we are apparently able to cure mammary adenocarcinoma in experimental mice on demand. How is that? And what about the poison ivy study from, from uh, Japan? They um, had a group of people that were allergic to a plant, and they rubbed it on one arm, and then they had a control group rubbing it on the other arm. Now, 100% of the people developed a rash on the arm that had the plant and no rash on the other one for the test. What they didn't tell them is they switched the leaves. Uh, so these people had to suppress an immune system response and had to grow an immune system response on an arm that didn't have the stimuli. So think of that. What if we start to live in a healthy environment? Um, what, what about the vaccine rates? Let's look at the fear and panic there. Oh, you know, you have to have all the vaccine rates. Are you caught up? Vaccines are safe and effective. Well, let's look at before 1985, before they were forced, before they were mandated, and when you can still sue the companies. You had about a 63% coverage of the DPT shot. Um, you had a 53% coverage of the polio shot. You had a 60% coverage of the MMR shot. And you had no Hep B, HPV, influenza, PCV, rotavirus, Hib, Varicella, no meningococcal, no hepatitis A. None of those vaccines even existed. And now we have 90-plus percent um, rate of coverage of um, 17 doses of 17 different vaccines. Uh, we know that there is a massive rise in autoimmune diseases and chronic disorders associated with this. And again, when you're coming up with someone who is feared, they're just scared. They're just scared. They're scared of you. They're scared of your unvaccinated kids. They're scared of everything because they know that, that the measles horde is coming and going to kill people. And that's not true. 
What were the rates of measles before the vaccine? Four million a year. You're talking 64 million kids under 18 and four million cases a year of measles. Now, out of that group, 400 died. And if you're doing clinical-based research, you should find out what those 400 people died of. If you're going to do science-based research, you're going to find out at what their blood chemistry was, what their nutrients were like, what their sleep patterns were like. Um, what this shows is that there's a massive rise in Australia, United Kingdom, Denmark, and, West, and the U.S. after human fetal cells were used to manufacture certain vaccines. We know from science-based journals that vaccines are associated with um, cognitive impairment, neurodevelopmental disease, fetal brain development, I mean, a wide number of different diseases. So when you look at the, the facts and science-based study, um, share that with people, but share it with a gratitude and love, not with anger. Here's the philosophy that I recommend living with, because this is, you know, develop your own philosophy. But the body is self-healing and self-regulating, absolutely. There's an innate, inborn intelligence in the body. And your body will adapt to physical, chemical, and emotional stress in an intelligent manner. A disease is generally an adaptive response to environmental stimulus. So this means like blood pressure, fever, constipation, skin reaction, anxiety, none of those are diseases. And there's laws of physiology that a human must abide. Tonight, we're going to cover everything. Uh, we're going to go over the physical, chemical, and emotional stress and the data behind it to support. But when someone is coming at you with anger, fear, and frustration, realize they're just scared. That's what the politicians are. They're scared they're going to lose their funding. Um, the pharmaceutical industry is scared because they're going to lose their market. Um, just come at them with love and gratitude. And your body is self-healing and self-regulating. This is Dr. John Bergman. God bless you, and I love you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.